Well, good morning. Thanks for joining us. If you're joining us online, thank you also. A thought before we get into what we're going to talk about in 1 Samuel. If you are with us in the book of Revelation, Revelation 5, John is in heaven and there's a scroll and nobody's seen fit to open it. And he hears about the one who's fed and he hears these, the, the Lion of Judah and the Root of Jesse. Militaristic terms for sure. But then he looks and he sees a slain lamb. And you put the two together, we conquer, term intentionally in quotes, by giving our life away, like Jesus modeled. Well, this week we've had the opportunity to do that. You've heard us talk about teammates. It's a way to give away our time. Uh, this week we were at North Star. They had their back to school. We had um, snacks for the teachers. We're collecting backpacks. What are we doing? We're modeling Jesus, giving away in order to win people to Christ. Now, Jared was over there. He goes into North Star, and the guy who checks him in says, hey, you're from North Point, aren't you? Yeah. Man, we're glad you're here. He goes a little farther, and he meets the, uh, the resource officer, Officer Jensen. Hey, you're from North Point. Man, we're so glad you're here. That's what we want to do. We want to be Christ in our community. How? By giving our lives away to conquer, term in quotes, that he might go forward. So, a uh, friend of mine went to Disney with her family. I guess they had four days, and she described it like this. I mean, they are up early because they want to be with, there when the park opens. So they're not sleeping like they want to. I mean, they are there at the crack of the thing, and they are moving. And they go to their favorite ride, and then they get out their phone. I guess there's an app at Disney, and, and they, you can see how long the lines are and which ride. And so, okay, based on that, we're going to make a decision. Let's go. And so, so that's how it went. And then they would go rest at peak times, and they'd eat early and go back during dinner because they had four days, don't you know, and it's pretty far from Nebraska to Disney. They were only going once, and they wanted to max that Hummer out. Does that sound like a restful vacation to you? But you know, that's a picture of how we live life sometimes. Man, we, we got a, a set amount of time, and we got activities, and we got to go, 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 and, and we're exhausted exhausted trying to max out life. There's another way. The creator of the world said, if you will come to me, I will give you life and I will give it to you to the full. So I want to put a couple choices out. We can spin the wheels and go frenetically trying to find life. We can come to the creator who promises life. How do we experience God's design for life? That's what I want to talk about this morning. So if you've got a Bible, if you'd open to 1 Samuel 7, we'll start in verse 2. And we'll go through verse 15, asking that question, how do we experience God's design for our life? If you haven't been here, let me catch you up to speed. We're in the book of 1 and 2 Samuel. We are seeing Israel's transition from a loose federation of states to a monarchy, and we open with a lady who was infertile. She prayed. God gave her a son. She said, you give me a son, I'll dedicate him to the Lord. And she did, and his name was Samuel. And Israel had not been hearing from God, but Samuel has been raised up even as a lad, and he is recognized as the voice of God. Well, Israel's in need of a voice from God because they're kind of doing things their own way. And one of their ongoing problems is the Philistines. And they lose a battle to them. And they realize there, there's stuff going on we need to deal with, but we'll try and not deal with that. We'll manipulate God. We'll bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle, and, and that will force God's hand. And, well, they, they lose the battle, and they lose the Ark. And you think, boy, this is bad. But what we saw is God works even when we think it's a mess. He uses that. Philistines bring the Ark, and they bring it into the house of their... Uh, um, God, Dagon, and, and, and Dagon falls flat, face first, hands and head gone, 
in front of the ark. And then they bring the ark out, and it's just ashed out, and the people break out in tumors. Then it goes to, to Gath, the people break out in tumors. Everybody's saying, let's move that Hummer on. It goes to Ekron, people break out in tumors. And the people of the Philistines go, man, the, the hand of God is against us. So they say, we're going to put a guilt offering in there because we're guilty of assuming we could control God and we're going to put it on a cart and we're going to send it right back and we're going to put these two cows that have never been in a yoke before and, and, and then we're going to leave their calves and, and so it, would be not, it wouldn't be natural for them to go but, but they walk straight to Israel and that's the confirmation that God was in this. And the lords of the Philistines say, man, this God of Israel, we don't want to fool with him. So that's where we pick it up in verse two. Um, from that day, that the ark remained at Kirith Jerim, the time was long, for it was 20 years. And listen to what goes on in those 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Lamenting as you're crying out, something is weighing on you. Oh God, will you do it? 20 years, people, that's a long time. It's a long time. Just wondering in here if anybody's got an ongoing difficulty. That seems to go and go and go. I'm talking about a relationship you just can't seem to resolve. I'm talking about a health issue, you know, the treatment's supposed to work and it kind of does, but then it doesn't. I'm talking about a job, I mean, you're filling out applications blah, 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 and, and nothing's coming through or you're underemployed or, or every, I mean, for the last, as long as you can remember, last every month, man, it is tight and you, you're deciding which bill to pay, which not. And it's kind of like, you ever wonder what? What's the value? How does God redeem an ongoing difficulty? Well, I think God allows those to set us up to listen to what he has to say in verse 3. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, let me stop there. People will say, Well, preacher, pastor, what does God want from me? What do, what do I have to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? What do I do? Well, let's just stop. God wants your heart. He wants to be the center of your affections. He wants to be what you desire. He wants to be living in the place where you make decisions. He wants you to value him above all. Remove the foreign gods and the ashtroth from among you and direct your hearts to the Lord and serve him alone. And he, your 20-year problem, he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. But man, that's a hard work. I mean, it means we're going to have to get serious with God. So we say, well, Andy, I mean, I got no idols in my house. I'm not bound down any idols. But we make our own, don't we? Our job, our security, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our health, our, our retirement account. You know, if you're not sure what the idols might be in your life, you might want to ask someone that's close to you, maybe your spouse, your roommate, your kids. What, what do you see here in my life. So that's the challenge. Verse 4 says, So the sons of Israel removed the Baals and the Ashtaroth and served the Lord alone. So there's been this inner work, and now Samuel's going to lead them in an outer work to show the inner repentance that's gone on. Here we go, verses 5 and 6. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. They gathered to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, There, we have sinned against the Lord 
And Samuel judged the sons of Israel at Mizpah. Now there's some questions among scholars. What's the purpose of pouring out the water? They're already doing a fast. The best guess is we are saying food and water is what we need to sustain in life. Lord, we can't do it without you. You're more important than food and water. You're our priority. See, we do an inner work in our heart and we say we're going to remove the idols. That's going to make outward changes. And sometimes those changes aren't comfortable. Sometimes that's why we need the 20 years. Because we don't want to let go. But God wants to be the center of our heart. So, so what might that look like? So, Hope and I got married. Uh, I started seminary right away. Seminary isn't necessarily hard, but it's time consuming. And uh, newly married. And so, um, I'm a sucker for college football. Saturdays, I can watch all day. I'm just so taken by the games. And she said, you know, in light of things going on, what would you say about one game a weekend? You got studies, you know, we're, we're starting out in marriage, and yeah, yeah. As a result of God being my priority and God being first and the things of God mattering, I need to change my media intake one football game. Now, for you, it, it may not be a football game. It may be this right here. Man, you get on this thing and you go and go and go and go and and yeah, you know, and maybe it's social media and social media is killing you because what you're seeing is everybody's happy and you're not. So maybe it's I'm not looking at this thing until I've read my Bible. Just saying. Or I'm going to put a time on this thing. For others of you, it may be network news. I'm very concerned as a pastor that Christians' worldview is being formed by what they see coming off the network news more than it is in the Bible. So maybe for you, it's, I am not going to spend more time on network news than I do in God's Word. Jesus becomes a priority, and there's going to be outward things that change. So the the Israelites have made this decision, but the, 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 Israeli, uh, the Philistine threat is still out there. Verse 7, now when the Philistines heard that the sons of Israel had gathered to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the sons of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. If you were with us 20 years ago, the lords of the Philistines put in a guilt offering because we were guilty of thinking we could control the Lord. And we ended up with a bunch of tumors and a bunch of stuff, and we thought, we need this ark out of here. How quickly they forget. But it says, they heard it and they were afraid of the Philistines. You know what God's number one command to his people is? Do not what? Do not fear. Do not fear. But we look at the circumstances and fear. And so they, they call out, to Samuel. Verse 8, do not cease to cry out for us that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Samuel was the voice of God. Here's the deal. Any more crying out to God doesn't go through a person. It goes through Jesus. He is our intercessor before the Lord. And he tells us, do not be afraid. You know, I was in college um, before the personal computer um, you had worked on a mainframe and, they, and we would get a certain amount of money in a student account and, and you had to be careful. You could, if your logic was bad, you could set up what they called an infinite loop and you could burn up your money like that. 
And so they build software in, after a tenth of a second, they kick out. Well, worry can do that. It can suck our energy up. And so God's software is prayer. If we will come to him, he will promise. So God gives us this promise in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing. So, so what is that that's got you anxious? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And here's the promise of Jesus, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is it that's causing you fear? You know, one of the things I do is I journal. And I write down what it is that's bothering. And then I bring that, what I've journaled, up against Philippians 4, 6, and 7. God, this is what it's, I, I bring it to you. And he meets me in those times, the peace that surpasses all comprehension. Now, this is an aside. Those of you that know me well would say, Andy, why do you journal? Not even God can read your handwriting. <laughs> my answer to that is, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can raise, read my handwriting. Sometimes it takes the Father, Son, and Spirit collaborating, working together, but eventually God figures it out. Verse 9, Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a whole burnt offering. Now, they're not trying to get God to act. They're symbolizing their commitment to him. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Verse 10, now Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, and the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day against the Philistines and confused them so that they were routed before Israel. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as Bethkar. 20 years. 20 years. It, get to, it took to get them to the breaking point of, yeah, God, I'm yours. You have my heart. So we're asking this question, how do we experience God's design for our life? Here's what I'd say, serving God wholeheartedly assures us that we experience God's design for our life. Serving God wholeheartedly assures us that we'll experience God's design for our life. Now before I got up here, we sang this song with this chorus, I will make room for you. We there? Because see, if we're going to serve him wholeheartedly, things are going to begin to change and he's going to move and he's going to, and he's going to shake up our religion. And that's and Are we willing to make room for God? Verse 12, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. This is not the first time God's leadership has the people build a monument. When they came into the promised land, crossed the Jordan River, Joshua said, stop, before we go forward, we're going we're to build a monument. We want to be able to look back and remember God's faithfulness. So here's what I want to ask you. What are the stones in your life? 
What is it that you can look back and say, yeah, back there, God was faithful? Let me tell you two in my life. Fall of 91, I started dabbling in seminary. Um, at that time, it was Master of Divinity's three-year program, about 8,500 bucks a year tuition. I was making about 8,000 a year. So I could take one class in the fall quarter, one class in the winter quarter. I couldn't afford a class in the spring quarter. I did that two years, and I thought, this is good you know, information, and this is helping me, but, but I'll never get a degree. I can't afford can't afford a degree. Went overseas, hoping I came back engaged. We had to spend a year in the States, and um, we'll, we'll do it going to seminary. And we decided when the money runs out, we will not go into debt. Well, we did that year, and I only had four quarters left, and she said, Andy, this degree might be good, and so we're going to continue trying to go, and, and we did. I don't know, quite know where the money came from. And I, I mean, if you had told me on 8500 bucks a year, $8,500 a year tuition, making $8,000 a year, how this is going to happen, I don't know. But we got through seminary debt-free. That's one of the stones. God came through. Second one, when we finished seminary, uh, went to go overseas, we had to buy a laptop computer. I mean, that took our checking account down to about 200 bucks. And so we go. And we just thought, we sold our car, so when we come back, how are we going to pull this off? I don't know. God called us to go. And how would we ever get in a house? Well, we went to Costa Rica and we were making 1800 bucks a month and we'd live with a Costa Rican family for room and board just to learn Spanish. It was $400 a month. So do the math there. We're saving more than 1000 a month. Then we go to Chile and they raise our salary because it's more expensive and we get three months in and the Southern Baptist couple comes and said, hey, could you house sit for us? You'll have to pay utilities, but you'll be living rent free. And I did a quick business analysis. I thought, we can do that. <laughs> and then for some reason... I've never had this happen that people just gave extra. I never, in the 15 years, I guess when you're overseas, you're a real missionary. Um, four years later, August of 2000, we had two used cars and we moved into our first house. Her dad helped us out a little bit. But where'd that come from? That's one of my stones, the seminary education and a house. How about your life? Where do you look back and see God was faithful there? Would you mark that? Because you'll need that. You'll need to look back on that. Because there are going to be times where the Philistines are out there and it's hanging. Verse 13. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore within the border of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to even to Gath and Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines so there was peace among Israel and the Amorites. Verse 15 to 17 talks about Samuel's civic duties. Now Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He used to go annually on circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah, and he judged Israel in all these places. Then his return was to Ramah, for his house was there. There he judged Israel, and he built an altar to the Lord. God wants our heart. What's he want? He wants our heart. Yeah, you know, I, I used to work campus ministry and I'd sit down with guys in gospel and they'd want to know, uh, you know, can I drink as much as I want and can I sleep with whoever I want? And I said, you know, just so you know, you're putting experience above the creator God. Those experiences will come and they will go. They will not last. Would you make room? <laughs> and most of them said no. Had too big a hold on them. 
Romans 12, is the book of Romans is probably considered the most theological book in the New Testament. In the first eight chapters, Paul just unpacks the gospel. Verses nine through, uh, chapters 9 through 11, there's this excursion about what about Israel. And then chapter 12 comes back to the application. What do we do in light of Jesus dying for us, in light of his sacrifice, what do we do? And so here's what it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. That's what Samuel's talking about. You're getting rid of all the idols. You're getting rid of all that stuff. The trouble with a living sacrifice is it keeps running off the altar. Holy means we're set apart. Living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's, that's a right response in light of what God's done through Jesus. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. So that means when it comes to experiencing life, we're going to get off the treadmill. We're going to stop running around. You know, got to get up early. Where's, 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 where's the line short? What's our prior? We're going to stop. We're not going to be conformed to that. No, we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's why we're in the Bible. That's why we encourage you to read the Bible. This is how God renews our mind. So what? So that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Listen, here's how you will prove the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect in your life. It's when you live it out. You won't know it on the front end. You have to step into it. I'm telling you, I've been doing this, walking with God 40 plus years, and, and I'm growing in my understanding that His will is good, perfect, and acceptable. See, we've titled this sermon series, Reliant, and we have cross, purposely crossed out self. When it comes to experiencing life, I'm not going to count on self. I'm not going to get on the treadmill. I'm going to be reliant on him. So last summer, we went up to Shadron, and we thought our summer vacation, we're going to see the Black Hills, we're going to see Mount Rushmore, we're going to do this. And the first day, we did Fort Robinson State Park up there. And we saw some brochures from a local that said, when you do this, make sure you go through Custer State Park. Well, that wasn't part of our plan, but, you know, these guys know the area, so that's what we'll do. If you talk to anybody in our family, the best part of our vacation was going through Custer State Park on the way up to Mount Rushmore. They have repopulated that thing with bison, and so we're driving along, and here come these bison right across the road and right up to your car, and it was like, I'm so glad we listened to the locals. These people knew the area. My point God knows life. He created life. Where are you and I going to go looking for life? We're going to go on the treadmill, running around Disney to make sure we get every ride, everything we did, see if we grab it, and we're going to end up exhausted. There's a creator that says, if you will come to me and make room for me, surrender to me, get rid of the idols, I will give you life to the full. I pray we'd be taking people, we'd be people who take God up on his offer. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, uh, we're guilty <laughs> of chasing, of a frenetic pace, trying desperately to find what you give freely. Lord, that we would, uh, yeah, make room for you. That we'd allow you, even invite you to shake up our religion, shake up our traditions, that we might know you and your plan in full. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.